Church Uncharted is a podcast about following Jesus and making new followers of Jesus in the uncharted waters of today. Your host, Matt Schubert, is a mission facilitator and church planter in the Rockingham Mandra region of Western Australia. He knows that the call to follow Jesus can look different in an ever-changing culture and when it comes to evangelism, there's no perfect formula. So he'll be joined by guests who'll help us, the church, navigate these exciting unknowns. Those Ten Commandments aren't to be seen as laws that are imposed on us to make us holy, but they're gifts to us because we've already been made holy. So I get to keep the Sabbath not to make myself holy, but because I am holy. It's our hope that as we listen into the following conversation, we'll be encouraged by the everyday power of the gospel, be given a deeper love for God's church, and be stirred to see the way the Spirit is at work in the lives of those around us. This is Season 2. Thank you everybody for joining us for this next episode of Church Uncharted. Today, our special guest is Pastor Peter Hagi. Welcome, Peter. How are you? Um, hi, Matt. Yeah, look, I'm doing really well. Um, a, a, a bit nervous about why I'm here uh, chatting on a podcast with you, but uh, that's, that's cool. I'll, I'll take it in my stride. That's right. It, it's great to have you on today, Peter. You pastor in what I believe to be the greatest capital city in the world. Any thoughts on uh, pastoring in Perth, Western Australia? Pastoring here in Perth, Western Australia is really exciting. I absolutely love it. And you're right. It's an awesome city. Um, And in all my travels, it would have to be one of my favorite spots. Brilliant. Brilliant. And you, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Because whilst you're stationed here in uh, Perth at the moment, you've seen a a little bit of the the world. Do you you want to share a little bit about your um, your story and uh, your current ministry? Yeah, look, thanks for that. Um, I'll try and keep this succinct if I can. Um, I grew up in rural South Australia. I'm uh, from the Barossa Valley, uh, which is um, a real stronghold for the Lutheran Church here in Australia, uh, German migrants. And I grew up on the land. So my father was a market gardener. um, And um, when I left school uh, for the first four and a half years, I was uh, market gardening with him and we had vineyard as well. Um, Yeah, so I was there until... my early 20s, but um, I'd always always been part of the uh, Christian church, always knowing Jesus. There's never been a time in my life when I've not known Jesus, and I always knew that uh, um, uh, he wanted to walk with me and I should walk with him. And, and in those journeys, I had people who were saying, oh, why did you leave school, Peter? We'd always thought you'd be a pastor. And I said, no, that's the last thing I want to do. Um, well, it was actually the second last thing. The last thing I wanted to do was be a market gardener like my dad. And I did that for four and a half years. Um, and so anyway, um, that call came several times in my life. I kept running away from God, pushing him away. But I thought, well, maybe I should check this out. And so I did go to Adelaide. And eventually, without telling too much of that story, I finished up then studying for the next seven and a half, eight years. Mm. Um, I ran away a bit like Jonah. Um, way through because I was just about ready to go and do some practical ministry on Vicarage and I thought 
well, that means that I will be a pastor and God knows I don't want to be a pastor. So I actually went and joined an overseas uh, mission group working with young people. And it saw me traveling in the United States and India and Nepal for about oh, wow. uh, 15, 16 months. Um, but I eventually came home, did my practical study um, in Geelong in Victoria, um, came back, finished my study. And God said, surprise, I don't want you to be a pastor. I want you to be a missionary. And for the first 10 years of my ministry, I actually was in Papua New Guinea. Wow. And um, uh, there's a, a, a psalm that says, God gives you the desires of your heart. Mm. I just didn't know my heart's desire was to be a missionary in Papua New Guinea. And I got there and I fell in love. Wow. Um, and, I, how did that, did that quite, uh, did that shape your thinking about church in a particular way, being in a setting like Papua New Guinea? Uh, look, every stage of your life shapes you thinking about church, if you're smart enough to reflect on it. And, <laughs> um, and that season was an important season for me. It was a finishing school. You know, when you graduate as a new pastor, you think, oh, I'm going to fix the church. I know how to make everyone love me. And, you know, we'll get the church happening. And uh, God used those 10 years to, uh, um, yeah, knock a bit more sense into me and, um, and really did help to shape me and just reflect on connecting with people and just kept teaching me that it's all about relationships. Mm. What have you do in ministry? You know, you connect with the people and listen to the people and love the people. They will love mm. you and, uh, and God will help them to grow. You know? yeah. So, yeah. And so yeah. You, you're in Papua New Guinea. Did you have a family by that point, Peter? Um, when I went to Papua New Guinea, I was a new graduate from seminary. I was newly married. I was a new missionary. Everything was new. And um, I felt so incredibly blessed that my wife, Lois, and I could spend the first 10 years of our married life uh, getting to know each other in an exciting, challenging culture. And I often joke and say, you know, we honeymooned for 10 years in Papua New Guinea and came back with two kids. <laughs> oh, that, that's so good. And, and now, um, oh, so you came back, you... Came you... back came back to South Australia, uh -huh. um, had two parishes in South Australia um, across 12 years. And uh, then I went to Queensland thinking I'll be in Queensland for 12 years. Um, but after four and a half years, suddenly I got this call to Western Australia. And I said, no, I can't do that. I haven't been here long enough. And, um, but the more I thought about it, the more I prayed about it, God was just unsettling me and challenging me and uh, gifting me. Uh, with a new season and a new opportunity. And so as I look back in my ministry, so, so I've been here now in Western Australia for three years. Um, I went from the incredible remote of Papua New Guinea and uh, the, the less remote and then came to South Australia, to rural South Australia, and then to an outer city suburb, um, which was the Adelaide Hills, Mount Barker, um, then to suburbs of Queensland, Brisbane, and now inner city um, Perth. So I've been mm. moving more and more, which is really interesting because I've hated cities growing up. I never wanted <laughs> to be part of a city. I always felt claustrophobic. But as I said earlier, I love Perth. Uh, yeah. This is an amazing place. And uh, it, it's all God's doing. He's just been preparing me and shaping me for new experiences, new parts of my journey. Well, you've seen a few different contexts now, Peter, and the listeners might think that we're about to talk about cross-cultural mission or international mission or even urban mission, but actually we're, we're not going to talk about uh, much of that today. Although what we are 
talking about is going to help with the mission. It's very much um, part of the, the uh, a benefit to mission, a benefit to the church. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about Sabbath, uh, the, the idea, the practice of Sabbath. And first of all, um, for, for those who are listening, uh, really, when we're talking about Sabbath, we're, we're talking about resting, right? We're, we're talking about ceasing, we're, we're talking about stopping. And I was just wondering, from different stages in, in your life, what has this rhythm of rest looked like for you? What, what kind of journey on have you been um, with the idea of uh, Sabbath and resting? Uh, look, I like your word rhythm. Rhythm's really important. I think of growing up as a, a boy in South Australia on a market garden. Um, for anyone who's lived on the farm, you know that there's certain work on the farm that you just can't stop doing. Um, I never lived uh, on a dairy farm, but dairy farmers work seven days a week, morning and night. You can't tell the cows that, sorry, you've got to have a rest, we, we, we can't milk, uh, uh, milk you today. Um, so somehow you've got to find an understanding, how do you find a rhythm to catch your breath? And um, it's really God who has given us this gift of rest and this rhythm. Um, and it's, it's written down in the scriptures that uh, um, we should work for six days, but we should take one day, a seventh day, um, for a rest. Mm. And, um, and that's to restore ourselves, to renew ourselves, to refresh ourselves, to go back into that rhythm of working. And, mm. um, without trying to talk about anything scientifically, there's been a lot of scientifically proven fact too, that it's a good rhythm for people to be in. Yeah. But growing up on the farm, um, part of that rhythm was given to me by my family. Um, mm. We were faithful in going to church and worshiping every Sunday. And as I grew up and as I got older, I was actually um, uh, used to play the piano. I started playing the organ at church and um, so I'd be uh, playing the organ um, every other week, alternating with an older gentleman in my congregation, a little country congregation. Um, and it was interesting in, in the, the busy times of our, our work schedule, um, I'd be up on a Sunday morning with my dad as, as the sun came up and we'd be going cutting lettuce uh, before it got too hot in the summer, uh, getting ready for market to take it to the market on Monday. Um, and so we'd be doing this and we'd be working, you know, from uh, five thirty-six in the morning and until uh, dad would be looking at his watch and say, okay, it's 8.30 now, church is at 9.30, you've got to go up to the, the, far, uh, to the house and get ready and uh, go off and I'll come up in you know, 20 minutes. And, um, and so even though we were busy with working, we always knew we needed to take a rhythm and a time for being with God. Mm. And, uh, and so my father taught me that, I guess, uh, as, uh, uh, as a young boy, not because he, he instructed me, but he practiced it and he uh, taught me by example. So, so that's so, always been part of my rhythm. So your life is one of uh, rhythm. You, you, you enjoy uh, rhythm and, and knowing kind of the, uh, the trends of your, your week. Um, and, and you've found that you've had to implement times of rest really as within that kind of scheduled rhythm, Peter. Absolutely. You can't keep going. You can't just keep pushing out, pushing out, pushing out. It, to, uh, it becomes, uh, uh, yeah, to your detriment if you don't stop. Mm. And so I've always known I needed to stop, which is an interesting thing because some people who know me think I never stop uh, <laughs> because I'm an extrovert. I'm an I'm over-the-top, energetic, enthusiastic sort of person. 
And I was chatting to you earlier this morning saying, yeah, I've been up since 5.30 because my gym sessions start at five o'clock in the morning. Um, and I do that. that that's where you and I have a very different rhythm. <laughs> I, I have a very different rhythm from my wife. Um, mm. that, that's her sleep time, but, um, but we, it, it's, it's working for us and it's, it's mm. going well. So you put rhythm as part, uh, sorry. So you put rest as part of your rhythm throughout the day. And yet, um, it, because that, that's kind of how I've typically heard Sabbath spoken about in, uh, the church circles that I've been in, involved in. I really, I haven't growing up, I didn't really hear of Sabbath as the 24 hour period of rest that the, the Jews observe. Uh, really it was a spirit of Sabbath. Um, acknowledging that God wants us to take out times of rest. And, and yet I think by my generation, we'd really push uh, as a Christian church, we would really pushed away from kind of the, the legalism of, of, of some years ago. And yet today where we are talking about kind of the general rhythms of rest throughout the day, but we also want to talk about kind of the, day of sabbath so what what is the day of sabbath peter yeah uh, you've got my mind reeling here with with a whole lot of thoughts but the main one that's coming through is to recognize that it was uh, a gift from god to his people that they should rest in this rhythm of one day a week one day out of seven um and when i say a gift um it was part of his teaching to them um, and we know it as a command. Mm. Um, and uh, anyone who's grown up in the church would have heard them talking about 10 commandments. It's interesting, isn't it? How mm. um, certain commandments, you know, we'll say, oh, no, we, we have to hold to this one. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't use God's name in vain. But when it comes to keeping the Sabbath, oh, but that we, we somehow think that's sort of a commandment that we can sort of put aside. But it, it's not so important. What makes mm. that less important than the other commandments? Mm. Um, when we recognize the commandments, not as laws that must be obeyed, but as gifts for how to live a full life and a, 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 a whole life, um, I would hope that people would start to rediscover that this important teaching of God, command, if you want to call it that gift from God, is something that we should be embracing fully to recognize this is for our betterment this is for our, our blessing so uh, th those 10 commandments aren't to be seen as as laws that are imposed on us to make us holy but they're gifts to us because we've already been made holy so i get to keep the sabbath not to make myself holy but because i am holy i don't mm. know if that makes sense to people yeah but uh, when i say i've been holy i've been chosen by god to be in a relationship with him and this blesses and helps that relationship it's 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 an exciting concept for me actually mm. isn't it fascinating that it's both a gift and also a command god has commanded that we receive the gift it's it's almost like god anticipated that we might despise the the gift of rest and 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 so he's like this is how important it is that um you must keep the sabbath yes. you must rest and and maybe some of the ceremonial laws that that, that surround that in in the old testament we, we might say that they've been um fulfilled in in christ but but really the the essence of god's heart behind the the sabbath and and why it was instituted should, certainly that stands my, my mind goes to 
some of the reasons that God pairs with the the instituting of the the Sabbath in in Exodus, he he points the Israelites to the creation account, and he says, "Well, yep. everything was created in, in six in six days, and and then on the seventh, um, God rested and God ceased and was refreshed, and and so really there there is also it's almost like it's wired into creation this this rhythm um and and maybe that ties in a little bit with uh some of the scientific um evidence for our need uh for rest on on a seventh on a seven day rhythm um yeah i'm it's just fascinating that we, we so easily want to despise this and and yet the the reason that god instituted wasn't for anything else other than the fact that this was is just how we're were created and, and the world was created. Exactly. You know, um, uh, one of the other things that I often uh, think about too is that when God does stop his work of creation, he's, he's completed what he's done in six days and then he stops, hmm. he rests. Um, but he, it's not so much that he's resting from that work, he's actually resting in that work. That's how I often hmm. think about it that he's actually resting with us and in uh, among us. And so, and he's saying, and I want you to stop as well. I want you to stop and rest in me and with me yeah. so that, so that you're refreshed and renewed and, and ready to, to go again. Oh, um, yeah. 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 Um, mm. it, it's, it's uh, uh, an exciting, as I said, a so, concept for us to be able to grasp. So why is it? And, and I've, uh, my wife Becca and I, we we've started practicing uh, Sabbath ju- just this year. We're we're, we're very new to, to this, but we're we're already uh, loving all, all the benefits of having a whole day set aside for. Um, w- we use kind of the the framework of ceasing and celebrating. Um, we we fit into that day what whatever helps us stop from the the ordinary work of the week and and, and really celebrating life and all its goodness and, and God in our life. And, and so that, that's the framework that, but I'll admit like that's very contrary to what I want to do. Like it was a very difficult thing for me to pick, pick up this practice of Sabbath. Why do you think it's so countercultural for, for many people? And why is it that it's such a distant idea? Look, it, it's countercultural uh, um, right from the the moment it was given by God to to the uh, um, the children of Israel. Um, it was already countercultural then, and it was something uh, unusual for them. There's there's stories in the Bible that talk about the the fact that people say, "Oh, when is this Sabbath day going to be over that we can actually start marketing our goods again and get back into that?" People have always pushed against this idea of not wanting to, to, to stop productivity because they're, they're thinking about um, uh, the income and money and uh, um, worldly blessings, but there's mm. so much more uh, to be blessed by in this world. Um, uh, I, I just want to go back and reflect a little bit on the, the practice of Sabbath keeping. As a small boy growing up in my church, we used to um, be taught the the Ten Commandments, and we were mm. taught the the mean what what these commandments actually mean. So not just what does the Bible say, but what's the real meaning behind it. Mm. And um, in my growing up, um, this this Sabbath commandment was uh, remember God's holy day and keep it holy, or remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And um, 
the, uh, the meaning that was given was that we shouldn't neglect God's word in the hearing of it, um, but regard it as holy and gladly hear and learn it. Mm. And at the time when that meaning was written, mind you, that meaning was written 500 years ago by Martin Luther, um, as he was trying to unpack it for, for people within his context and his culture. Um, and where he was encouraging people that they should go to worship um, because that's an important aspect of this. So I grew up hearing that, oh, to keep the Sabbath means to go to church, to go to mm. worship. Mm. Um, and it's really only in these latter years that I'm thinking, and I've always known this, but never really thought about it deeply. No, it's, it's not just about going to church and thinking, okay, that's done. Tick that box is complete now. Now I can do what I want. Mm. No, it's actually 24 hour time frame that God has said, you know, there are six days of work, mm. but the seventh day is a day that I want you to stop and rest and, um, and feast, as you've said, and, um, and to, to be able to, um, embrace uh, my presence and uh, and all the blessings that I have for you. And so um, it's only been in the last uh, two months with this COVID-19 that I've taken an opportunity to deliberately challenge my family and saying, hey, the government has advised that all activities of public gatherings need to stop. Um, and suddenly we don't have this place of community worship anymore mm. what are we going to do to keep remembering god and keep that rhythm going of worshiping god but in a new way in a home way in a family way that doesn't mean all the things of the hymn singing and the uh taking of holy communion or whatever else it was that you might do in church and the community prayers um how are we going to do this mm. so we've started this rhythm for ourselves. And um, I'm already bemoaning the fact that it's going to be interrupted now as we start to transition back into the opportunity to worship as community. And, mm. I, um, and, and I'm feeling a tension already. How am I going to find a new way of going? But we started just uh, focusing and reading together um, about Sabbath keeping and about mm. uh, this intentionality to, to uh, rest with God and and stop what we're doing and use 24 hours not just a, a, a one or two hours of worship on a Sunday morning but 24 hours of dedication to letting God have his way with your life and stop trying to be God yourself and be in charge and do mm. all these things yeah um, does that make sense yeah that that's brilliant so um you, you mentioned a, a book before that has quite uh, has been quite helpful. Do you want to do you want to let everyone know yeah, what, no, what look, that book? I'm, I'm happy to is. do this. It's it's not a, a new book. It was written back in look I don't know if it was the 80s by a woman called Martha Dawn. She wrote it at the end of the 1980s. So uh, the copy I've got was reprinted in the early 2000s, and um, she's got friends from the states, uh, Christian and Jewish friends who, of course, have been journeying with her as she's been learning what does it mean to stop for 24 hours and mm. give this time to God. And she's broken the book up into four parts. Um, and often people, when they think of Sabbath, it's a, a Hebrew word, a Jewish word, Shabbat. Um, and often people think it means to rest, but it's more than that. And as you've said already, the first idea is actually about stopping. 
Mm. and ceasing and so she's divided the book into four sections and and each section then is has little subtitles and the first section is all about stopping ceasing and i was thinking when are we going to get on to resting and i realized you can't rest properly until you've properly stopped and ceased <laughs> That's true. and so yeah. it was good for for us to 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 for several weeks just be reading about ceasing stopping and then how can you rest mm. and rest is about being refreshed and we're, we haven't finished the book yet, but uh, we're on the point now of embracing. This is deliberate choices. Um, and the final part, uh, I've read this book already right through um, 18 months ago, but I'm just rereading it now with my family. And that last part is about feasting. Well, we're really good at that, um, uh, uh, about feasting and, and just, just sucking all the marrow out of life and mm. enjoying life to the fullest. That's very um, much part of the celebration aspect, isn't it? Just absolutely. really just that because we know that biblically, even eating and drinking can be an act of worship to God, bringing him glory. It, it is. It, it's about giving thanks for everything we've got. So, mm. so um, uh, our, our uh, Sabbath celebrations don't begin on Sunday morning. We intentionally begin on the evening before. And that's embracing the Jewish concept of of um, the day begins at sunset, not sunrise. Mm. And part of my reflections these couple of months have made me realize if people are, know, are familiar with the first chapter of the Bible um, in the book of Genesis, it talks about God creating everything in six days. And there's this rhythmic uh, almost like a chorus to each day of creation. And it says, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. Notice it doesn't say there was morning and evening. It actually says there was evening and morning mm. because it fits in. This is how the Jews have always marked time. It starts at sunset and it goes until the next sunset. So that seems the perfect time to start the Sabbath. So instead of trying to rush off and go to church, first thing, hurry up, everyone get up and get ready and go to church. No, it's like, Okay, time to stop. Mm. Put your boots away, hang up your jacket, shut that part of uh, the life. Six days are done. Now it's time to stop and let's sit down and have a nice meal. I can't tell you how enjoyable that has been for um, myself to, to have a, a set time to, to clock off on, on the Friday and go, you know what, I, I have full permission now to, to just leave the, the working week's concerns. And, and I... I and, and then just, uh, we normally, at the moment, on a Friday night, we'll, we share a meal with um, some of our neighbours. Um, we we yep. struck up a, a friendship there. And, um, and, and that's just a nice way to, to mark the, the beginning. And I, I don't know, it doesn't need to always be that, but my encouragement to those listening, whatever it is, just have some kind of marker that allows you to, to mentally switch over to... Uh, intentionally stopping, intentionally ceasing, intentionally celebrating. And, and we do it with such intentionality um, in, our, in our family right now that uh, we go all out. Um, we feel that we are incredibly blessed by the things we've got in life. And I don't know if people have nice dinner sets and things you put away just for good for your guests, that they're mm. not your everyday ones. We bring them out. Um, we yeah. thought we've had them for so many years. Why don't we use them more? Mm. We need to be using them in our thanks to God for his blessings to us. Mm. So we bring out our best dinner set, our best cutlery, our best 
crystal glassware, um, open up a bottle of wine if we haven't got some left over. Um, and I've been um, enjoying the, uh, and having the fun of preparing a three-course meal. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be a three-course meal. It's part of my uh, uh, in, intense personality. Um, <laughs> but I've been enjoying finding me menus and recipes and trying new things and cooking a cake. And, and it's normally too much. But, um, and it's just this joy of sitting down to a great meal with my family and praying. We light candles as the Jews would just to welcome the Sabbath. And we have this set prayer uh, welcoming the, the, this, this time with God. And we're not rushing off anywhere. We're mm. just having this meal together. We have conversation together. And then the next best thing that we do for that Sabbath is, then we get to go to bed with a full stomach and content hearts and mm. thankful hearts. And when we wake up the next morning, well, half of our Sabbath keeping is already over. Mm. But, you know, then we get to enjoy that next aspect. Okay, now we're going to spend some time with, uh, in, in worship. Now, um, of course, for the last two months, that means sitting down and listening to a service online or uh, doing it in some other way. Mm. And we are looking forward to that moment of being able to get back together again with our friends uh, at, at our church uh, that I pastor at and connecting with them. But with the new understanding, this is a continuing, a continuation of our uh, dwelling with, resting with mm. God. Mm. Yeah, it's this Sabbath keeping. So, yeah, the, the meal, the sleep, the worship. For those who are listening who this hasn't been a practice for them at all and, and they're wondering right now, oh, how on earth would this even fit into, into my week? I, I think it's worth us saying that it's, it's not going to look the exact same for everybody, depending on, on your life stage, what, what you enjoy and what uh, refreshes your soul is going to be different to what refreshes my soul. And um, per, for some people, they need to work all day on, on a oh, Sunday. Yeah. Um, for um, some pastors choose to, to have it on, on a Saturday. I'm a pastor. I work every Sunday. So, some people are doctors, nurses, can't, can't negotiate on, on time. And, and so uh, it, it might be a Saturday or a Friday for, for myself, I find it works best on a Saturday. Uh, but w whatever it is, it's good if it can mark the end of a week and the start of a new week. Uh, there's something really quite rhythmic and whole. And people need to be careful that they don't beat themselves up if they find that they yes. do have to work on, um, on, a, a, on the Sunday yeah. or something like that. Because it's a gift. Precisely. It's taking away, it's taking away this, this gift from God. Um, and... Uh, we shouldn't be treating uh, uh, Sabbath as this this burdensome law. Mm. Um, it's it's actually, uh, um, as I said earlier, you know, it, we get to do it. We don't have to do it. Um, God wants us to do it. He wants us to spend this time with Him. Um, but that spending that time with Him could be in in a a, a work environment. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, um, for for years, my daughter um, was you know, pretty adamant when she was trying to find some work in those early years of saying, um, you know, I'm free to work six, any six days, but you know, um, I, I, I really don't want to be working on Sundays. That's my church day, my worship day. And so many doors were slammed in her face in a sense. Oh, look, thank you very much. You know, it's a nice, uh, you know, you interviewed well, but she never heard back from them. And it was because of this, you know, she in her heart really wanted to 
uh, be free of having to work on, on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, well, look, things have changed. I guess she's had to grow in her understanding of things too. And she finds that she does get shifts on a Sunday afternoon or for some hours uh, with the retail that she's in at the moment. But, um, but to recognize that don't let that uh, completely uh, burden your, your life. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. that uh, you can't be resting in God and still enjoying what mm -hmm. he's given to you. Or you might find that actually you, you can do your Sabbath day or your Sabbath rest on a different way. I heard you say you start on a Friday night and you, you'll use that Saturday, um, uh, particularly as you're resting in God. Um, and as a, a pastor of a congregation, I've had different days that I've called my Sabbath day, my day off. Mm. Um, Thursdays is my current Sabbath day off um, when I'm in the regular routine of life, but I'm actually enjoying doing it with my family on mm. Saturday night and Sunday. So yeah. I can see that I'm going to have a, a sort of like a, a second Sabbath, a first Sabbath, the second Sabbath. Mm. Um, but it's, it's the rediscovering that I want to say, Matt, of um, not about, worship and focusing on worship but focusing on the ceasing and the dwelling with god and knowing that god is with me refreshing me renewing me so yeah it's it's more about the the ceasing and the embracing and the you said celebrating i say the yeah the feasting mm. so yeah that's, that's so brilliant. And as we've said that I can take different forms. If anything, this has been hopefully a bit of an introductory conversation for a lot of people. There are so many, uh, just especially recently, that there's so many great resources who uh, that have been uh, being put together on the, the idea of Sabbath, particularly given our overachieving culture and how busy we are as a culture and how easy it is for us as Christians to get swept up into the culture of uh, that idolizes productivity. And I know that I'm wired a little bit, bit that way as well. And so uh, at well, when I first started Sabbathing, it was really quite difficult. I, uh, but as time has gone on, I've um, progressively got a little bit better at stopping. My, my mind slows mm -hmm. down a little bit. It is something that uh, we practice. Um, and just as time goes on, just knowing that for that time, it's enough to just be with God. It's enough to be in his presence. We, we don't need yeah. to prove ourselves to the world around us. I think the one big truth it, it's reinforced for me, and these are Jesus words. Um, when Jesus is just about finished his, his earthly mission and he's praying um, to God before that last step where he, 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 um, he sacrificed himself uh, in death for us, he's praying to his father and he doesn't just pray for himself, but he prays for, for his followers, for, for those people who are going to be knowing him and walking with him. And he says, father, they are not of this world, but they are in this world, you know, keep mm -hmm. them in your, in your presence. And part of that keeping them and protecting them is for us to be able to stop and remember um, as Christians that, this world, as beautiful as it is and as exciting as it is and as much fun as what it is, is not the be all and the end all. It's not why I've been created. It's not mm. why I'm here. Um, I've got a much higher purpose. And so to stop one day a week and remember that I belong to God and he is mine and he is caring for me and he's the one who's in charge of things. And I don't have to be swept away by culture and doing things the way everyone else says. It's a good thing. Mm. And it helps us get our perspective right. Um, and it gives us that energy to go again for those next six days when we are back 
rubbing shoulders with the world as as it is um but i've been reminded hang on but i'm actually belong to an eternity with god and he's given me jesus and his spirit to help me in this life with that so mm. yeah sabbath keeping it's it's it just keeps you grounded in in whose you are and uh, what you're really here for I think that's a brilliant, uh, a beautiful spot for us to, to finish. Thank you for that encouragement. Thanks for coming on the Church Uncharted podcast, Pastor Peter. Thanks for letting me part of, being part of this conversation and uh, for getting me excited, Matt. And um, blessings to you and to, to, to Becky in, uh, in all your Sabbath keeping. Thank you. God bless.